This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the show where, just like sex dolls, we also don't show emotion during sex. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my amazingly gorgeous and sometimes uh, reactionless co-host, Yvette Dontremont. But that's a Botox, right? <laughs> I mean, just in my forehead. I haven't gone. I think it's when the, you get the fillers that you stop showing all emotion during sex. The worst is when you can't show emotion during a blowjob because then you can't really, like, purse your mouth. So when I start doing, like, the nasio label, uh, nasi, nasolabial. I'm making up new body parts. Uh, once, <laughs> once you start getting filler in there and you can't really purse your mouth anymore, that's when you really can't show emotion during sex. <laughs> I wonder how that works out. Like when people have like the really inflated lips, like it looks like it looks pillowy for a blowjob. If you have overly inflated lips <laughs> from, from getting them uh, a little bit too pursed up and it's been it's inhibited your ability to suck a dick. Email us, info two girls one mic. <laughs> Kylie Jenner, email us. <laughs> oh, she does seem to suck a little. <laughs> Just saying. That third voice you guys are hearing today, I am so excited for this. We are titillated and stimulated by our guests today in so many ways. So today on the show, we have Michael Wilson, production manager and co-owner of Real Doll. How's it going, guys? We are so happy to have you with us today. You uh, you have made some amazingly lifelike uh, penises. It's uh, and you have one behind you. Like if you for our audience that's listening to us, he, there is a real yep. doll behind him right now. A, a, a life size human woman real doll. It's so. How did you get into this creating interesting models of things to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I'll try. I, I could go on about Tell it. Tell us about your journey of live, laugh, love. <laughs> so I have was a special effects artist uh, for many, many years. Went to nice. school for that. Worked in Hollywood and on uh, a few films. But uh, when I was much younger, I mean, I, I think I life casted my own dick when I was like 16 years old, you know, just wanting to like to practice. I've been sculpting since I was about 10. And, Wait, uh, how did you do that? What did you use for a mold? Did you paper mache it? No, We've no, done it no. with like a, there's a company that makes a, a yeah, kit. Yeah, Clone Willie. Yeah, we've, we, oh, we have yeah. cloned yeah. our, we have cloned our pussies. I, I have cloned my, my husband's member with it. It was, it was a good time. We want to know how did you DIY this? Uh, well, it's really not that difficult. Um, alginate, which is a common material that you would uh, use in a dental office, actually. Oh, yeah. They use it to life cast your teeth. It's really commonly used in life casting and special effects industry. And my father was a filmmaker. So I learned all about this at a young age. And when you're 13, 14, the only thing you're thinking about is, well, you know, Sticking dicks and vaginas. Things. Exactly. Right. So, you it's know, like if you could fuck a hole in a tree, you probably would at that age. Uh, oh, totally. Totally. So that's what Boy Scouts is for, right? <laughs> Woodworking. I still have a actual plaster version of my like 13 year old dick to this day because, you know, you can't throw that shit away. You just <laughs> <laughs> So is it is that. it weird to have a 13-year-old dick model? It's my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Do you ever sometimes go and compare it? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is where I started. Oh, it's not off. It's Cut hidden away. humble it, beginning. <laughs> it's, it's hidden away in some boxes, but. Uh, Look at how I've grown over the years. Oh, well, it was much, I don't know. It was probably better back then. You know, it's youthful and <gasps> oh. not quite as many wrinkles. <laughs> Did you paint it to look like accurate to life? No, it more looks, it's literally out of stone. So it's, oh, uh, yeah, it's got like a, just a very plaster finish to it. <laughs> hashtag dedication, hashtag hustle. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, uh, filmmaking, special effects was always an interest, but I also was interested in psychology and sexuality from a very young age. I was homeschooled. I had a very lucky time growing up. My father was very open-minded. He's the one who homeschooled me and uh, I'll make it pretty short and sweet. But when it came to, you know, sex education, he thought it was important, but he didn't want to make it weird. So we communicated every day on uh, email. Like he would start the topic on email and then I would, I would respond and ask questions via email. So we never had to have like the face-to-face conversation and uh, he would send me links and stuff like that for reading. I mean, I remember reading about the anatomy of the, you know, the clitoris and the labia minora majora from a very young age. And then also, you know, he always said something to me too. He was always like, you know, if both partners in a sexual encounter go into it, looking to please each other, like, like a hundred percent, like you go into it looking just to please the shit out of the other person. And the other person looks at it that way. You both are going to have a great time. And I remember hearing that at like age 13 and I was like, what? That sounds awesome. You know? And so from a very young that age, is a good I was, dad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like just, it's sorry. I'd say, sorry to interrupt, but this no, is no, what no, we do no, here. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is how I first figured out parents were full of shit. And I was raised Catholic. <laughs> so the fact that this is ah, what yes. taught me parents were full of shit is saying something. I was like I, 15 or 16 and I'd already started, you know, f- f- boys were a thing. <laughs> and, but like I hadn't had sex yet. And my mom, love her as I do. She's wonderful. She's very good at being honest to me now. Uh, but then she was like, we were very Catholic and it was like, we have to keep my daughter away from the penises. And it was, uh, she She said to me, you know, Yvette, a lot of times girls your age, when their boyfriends want to have sex, they don't enjoy it. They just do it because their boyfriends want to. It doesn't feel good for them at all. And I'm like, wait, everything else feels great. And just the penis in the, that's when it starts feeling bad. <laughs> what's what's going on here? Is there like, do, do they stop knowing what, like, what's a huh? And that was when I was like, my mom's full of shit. Or she's a victim of FGM. Probably not that. I'm guessing I haven't like seen my mom's vagina, but I don't think that's what happened. (laughs) No, actually, no, I saw it that one time, but it was like it was 37 years ago and I was exiting it. So things are a little blurry, is what I'm saying. There was stuff in my eyes. <laughs> but but no, I think I'm going to go with Catholic education and thinking this is how I'm supposed to protect my children from the sex. I lie to them about it. But when I say I am happy for you, I genuinely am because not enough kids, and especially not like when we were growing up, had that kind of open communication from their parents. Yeah, totally. I, I actually count my lucky stars every day. My parents were divorced, but they were literally best friends. So like we still nice. like they they got together for Christmas and all those. But uh, I, I don't know. I was brought up and bear in mind, I, I grew up in the Midwest in Michigan. So I was definitely the odd. What ball kind of out, magic sure. is this here? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So no, it was, uh, I, I'm very lucky to this day, but a combination of just a fascination with sex and uh, even the psychology behind it and my artistic skill, I started making dildos when I was about 20. And then I worked for the government out here doing military training. And then I got, a, I, I always wanted to work at Real Doll. I actually applied to work at Real Doll and never heard anything back. And then I was working at this military training gig and uh, someone's like, hey, did you hear they're, they're hiring a tit painter at Real Doll? And bear in mind, I thought Real Doll was in LA and, and it was in San Diego. And I was like, a tit painter? I can paint tits. That's a thing. So I applied, got the job coming up on 10 years ago, a little short. And uh, I made co-owner about three years ago. And that was just from wow. busting ass, coming up with new ideas, sculpting, painting, um, big into photography and pretty much 
a jack of all trades, master of none at this point. So you can paint a tit like no other. Would you say you're the Michelangelo tit painting? Yeah, I mean, if unless there's another one out there, but I think I'm pretty damn close. You would put your tit painting skills up against anyone. Oh, totally. Hands down. I, matter of fact, I was just training some tit painting the other day to a couple of my new staff members. <laughs> I laugh, but this is amazing that this is a, a niche market skill of tit painting. I love this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That said, I mean, what are the tricks to actually painting a good tit? Oh, you think I'm going to give those away? No. <laughs> <laughs> no You're uh, like, I will lose my job immediately, uh, I'm sure. No, no, there's there's really no secrets to it. Uh, the majority of successful artists in this industry, and, and by that, I mean special effects or any industry about recreating lifelike things is all about studying anatomy, the different layers of the skin, nasal labial folds, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, just knowing where things go, the coloration, the breakup, you know, we have our own standards here that we meet, but we're, the reason we've gotten so good is because we just keep upping the bar and no one else can really keep up with us, you know, <laughs> it's, which, and they, as they shouldn't, I mean, any one of our customers are definitely more of the discerning type, you know, someone who's going to drop six, seven, thousand dollars on a sex doll or five hundred dollars on a dildo they're coming for the quality no pun intended can someone request a doll of a certain like age like when i say that i mean like can they be like i want the skin sagging as though they're like 57 yeah yeah i mean we've gotten all different types of customer requests but the thing is is they come with even higher price tags i mean a full custom doll start to finish is about fifty sixty thousand dollars and it takes about a year to do mainly because while we're doing new creative things we're also running production our entire staff in our studio which by the way you guys should totally come out for a visit totally come down to our studio absolutely one day when death isn't airborne we're to- we're there yes exactly but uh it, you know we have only about 22 team members and that's the largest the company's ever been and we supply the world with our products so you know it's our, our the dick team we get about a hundred dildo orders a week and we have about four people processing those every week oh wow Yep. So as you mentioned before, you guys take quality and standards to a completely different level. I mean, you guys are the name to beat really yeah. when it yep. comes to making sex dolls. And I mean, you really do focus on quality. I mean, earlier this year when we were at the uh, um, AEEs, yeah. we couldn't stop feeling your penises. Yeah. Someone gave <laughs> us a real cup to feel. And I, I initially thought, and that's the name of specifically the dildos they have, guys, the real cock. Somebody didn't hand us a human's cock. They handed us a real cock. Exactly. Hashtag TM. <laughs> I initially went into it thinking, all right, this looks amazing already. I mean, just the level of detail went into design was already impressive. But the fact when the I felt it, it, I just... immediately thought, oh, this is going to feel kind of like a regular dildo. No. no, it felt like skin. Like to an un- almost unnerving degree. But then you're like. I want to stick this against the wall and fuck it. <laughs> you're, like, I, you're like, I hope there's a suction cup attachment and I want to go to town on this thing. Well, that's what's interesting is the real cock is kind of the real cock too, technically, is it's my my brainchild or my baby because that's actually what helped me become partner of the company. Matt McMullen was gracious enough to help me out there. Um I used to work at Spencer Gifts. I managed a store there nice. for a couple of years. And so they it's like the the bullshit sex toy sellers, you know, like they have a small little section. It's gotten bigger over the years, but I'd worked there and, you know, like I said, sculpting dildos and, and things along those lines. It was always pissing me off that no one had really tried to make like a good dildo. That really irritated the shit out of me. And so I had actually posted, I had done a prototype of it 
oh my God, it's been like six years ago when I first did it. And uh, I posted a video on my FetLife account and everyone went fucking crazy over it. And I was like, really? So I started painting them and changing them up. And it actually sat on the shelf for two years with nothing happening at all. One day, Matt was like, dude, we should really release this. And I was like, yeah, we launched it, I think for 200 bucks initially. And remember small team, right? Like it literally blew up so fast that we had to raise the price so that we could reduce oh the sales because it, they're all handmade. I mean, each one takes uh, 30 hours to make essentially. Wow. We don't work at one at a time, but I mean, it's the dolls are the same way. Every product here is just crazy stupid with technical bullshit. <laughs> now, you mentioned that some dolls with additional customizations could even, you know, they start at 6K, but they could go all the way up to, you know, 50, 60K. What's the most expensive doll you guys have probably ever sold? About $100,000. Oh my God. Yeah. What's on a $100,000 doll? Well, in all fairness, the $100,000 doll was Whitney Cummings doll. So wait, I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, was, was it a doll for Whitney Cummings or was yeah. it a doll of Whitney Cummings? Both, both. Oh yeah, my God. Um, you guys, uh, there's a Netflix special you should watch. It was her newest stand-up special. Oh, we're going to watch And she this. actually brings our robotic sex doll version of herself out on stage at the end of it. And actually, if you watch, watch past the credits, you get to see the behind the scenes. I'm in it and my staff members are in it. And I and actually- We're checking that out. Yeah, I should say more than anything else that the quality of our products, and uh, this is just a plug for all the people that are watching, is, uh, is not just one person. It's not just me. It's not just the other owner. Every one of my team members is highly trained and they're all amazing artists. And all of them are what help make these products. It's not one person. I just had to say that because I think so often of it's course. like only so many faces to a company and you just automatically assign the faces to that company. It's like, dude, I got so many people that have worked in Hollywood working on these things and stuff like that. And, and they just don't get the credit often they deserve. It's true. And, you know, it's awesome that you have such a great team and, you know, you respect your team just so much. Uh, and especially all the dedication that goes into each and every piece. I mean, I hate to say that it makes $500 seem cheap, but I mean, all the man hours that go into making this one customized product, I, you know, it, I understand it justifies the price because this isn't something that you get off an assembly line. This isn't something from China. It's right. done, you know, with a lot of care in mind. Guys, you're buying art. So what I'm saying is if you're going to stick your dick into something <laughs> or you're going to sit on something, make it art. It takes a village to make a real cock. It really does. And, you know, that's actually a couple of things we talk about is how every one of our pieces of our products are what we call functional art. It's art that you actually get to be involved with. And in this case, of course, actually be intimate with. And that's kind of a rare thing that, you know, you might have a painting or a sculpture in your home that you look at or a photograph and, and you get to see it and look at it and it brings you joy to some extent. But I think that we actually are able to offer a whole new level of joy that is involved with it. I mean, I get letters from people, emails, letters, what the fuck am I talking about? Anyhow, um, yeah, I get emails from customers who are saying, you know, hey, this dildo is my dildo. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you bought it. And they're like, no, 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 no. This is my penis. Like these are trans people that okay. have significant others and they've gotten like emotional attachments. Like that, that literally this is their dildo. They have had 40, 50, however many dildos before, but this is their dildo. And it, it's, it's same as with 
with the dolls. I mean, our sales team members have been known to stay on the phones with people that were, you know, on the edge of suicide from depression and things like that. And, and it's one guy is our sales guy. It's always been one person, you know, and they just give out their cell phone numbers, all the, all the customers known by name and, and things like that. Because at the end of the day, whether it's a dildo or a doll, you're going to be waiting on that product for like six months sometimes. And just the kind of rapport that you build with someone on that level across the world. I know that a lot of people do buy our products and maybe just throw them out every once in a while or something. But ultimately, these are really intimate products that, that customers actually build a connection with, even if it is just a dildo. So you mentioned one quick thing that I actually I thought about in detail before the show started. You mentioned they might, you know, dispose of the doll. How does one recycle or get rid of a real doll? Because it essentially, it's like, how do you dispose of a body? Well, I don't know if you guys have checked it out or not, but there's actually a two to three really big sex doll forums online, like really big, like hundreds of thousands of people. I need to read everything in there. Yeah, uh, it's a trip because some of them actually will post, they'll create profiles for themselves and then they'll create profiles as their dolls so that dolls will have conversations with other dolls. Dolls will have conversations with themselves and back and forth, giving them personalities. On my Instagram, I'm followed by at least, I think, five dolls meaning like Tasha and all these these things. There's whole personalities to them. One of them is our forum called Club Real Doll. Another one's called, oddly enough, The Doll Forum. It's everything from the Chinese dolls to our dolls, whole nine yards. And these guys are, I mean, they get into it. It's like guys who soup up their Mustangs and, and shit like that. There's custom mods people do to them. It's like a type of, of online role-playing. It, at least it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's a trip. It's D&D, but with things you can fuck. That's the best kind of D&D. <laughs> now, you mentioned before that you made the most expensive doll was a Whitney Cummings lookalike. Right. Now, from what I'm aware of, I was reading somewhere that you guys generally don't make dolls that look like actual people, correct? Well, it's more about a legalese issue. Mm. Uh, we have to have the right signed away by the individual to do it. But at that stage, we have our entire Wicked series doll line, which actually that's Asa Akira's face behind me on that doll. And so we life cast all the naughty bits. We scan their bodies. We life cast their faces. So there's what? Jessica Drake, Stormy Daniels, Asa Akira, Lupe Fentes, like all the old, like the, the famous Wicked girls. We have all of them in doll form. Do you have them just in fleshlight form? Uh, no, I'm sure <laughs> Fleshlight does by now. <laughs> I was asking for our audience at home, of course. No, we do have a Fleshlight-like type of toy, and we have some really cool ideas on uh, really breaking that out. We actually partnered up with the guy who did the auto blow. I don't know if you guys saw that or whatever. I've seen it before. Yeah. So uh, let's explain it to our audience who's never heard of it before. Yeah, the auto blow is... It sounds so scary when you have to explain it, but the auto blow is something you stick your dick into, but that also plugs into a wall. <laughs> um, ult I mean, ultimately, sounds like a blender, what it, right? What it is is it's a flashlight that has a mechanism inside it that basically strokes the flashlight from the outside, but with inside the unit. I mean, the thing's about the size of like a. I mean, it's a big flashlight. It's kind of bulky, but it, it has different speeds and different settings. And I think his newer versions um, got like Bluetooth settings and all that fun jazz. But uh, I, I'm not sure why, but <laughs> anyhow, um, I just really want someone to like Bluetooth hack into your blowjob robot. That seems that's the future. That's called, interestingly enough, teledildonics. And that is, oh, we are very familiar with yeah. teledildonics. Yeah. We had and, someone uh, on the show talking about that one before. 
Yeah. Well, we get contacted by companies all the time. I swear, man, they call it, they, they call us up and they're like, Hey, we got this really secret thing. We need you to sign this NDA. You know, no one knows about this. And, and, and then oh. they tell us, we're like, dude, literally everyone knows. About <laughs> you go onto a fu- like fucking go on a cam site and you watch the girls that have those like little vibrating, um, I don't know, little vibrators, I guess that like, yeah, the bullets, but like you can add money and then it vibrates so many times. My wife was doing the cam model thing for a while. And I was, I had next in all fairness, never been to a cam site. And, but she was like, well, I want some tips. So I like watched a couple of them. I'm like, what are the, like not even paying attention to hers. I've like went to these other ones and was looking at all this, uh, all these weird little dildos. And I'm like, that is, that's so fucking cool. That's so clever. But now they got, they got fuck machines that someone across the world, can jerk you off and hey man whatever floats your boat I just think it's amazing how far we're progressing with technology out of curiosity like what do you think is on the soon to be horizon for real dolls when it comes to tech because everybody I know our audience is wondering like when is my real doll going to choke me and or Epstein me (laughs) (laughs) well so I've made the argument in the past that if you got some of the big tech firms together, say, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Boston Dynamics. Yes. They're, oh, yeah. yeah. They're all DOD funded for the most part. So, we you know, if anyone's going to- DOD funded dildos. Yeah. So if you got them in, say, like Google and us together, we'd have walking, And talking. Elon Musk. Yeah. No, fuck him. He doesn't have to be involved at all. Okay. <laughs> we don't like him, but we'll take his money. Look, he wants a cat girl. Yeah, that's true. He'll probably turn Grimes into one. Yeah. If she's not already like working on that shit. <laughs> we could have them, but the problem is, and by that at them, I mean like totally AI sentient dolls, probably within the next 20 years, if everyone could get away from this whole non-disclosure agreement, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, and we can only make money in these ways. The technology's out there. There's some things that we're really missing, but ultimately, at the end of the day, if you see any of those jumping jack robots that Boston Dynamics is doing, it's really cool, but you also realize those are not fuckable robots. Those don't even look fuckable, you know? Like, they're not even- <laughs> those are Robots will fuck you up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, the future. There's definitely an episode with those Boston Dynamic robots with like a knife, and it's a Black Mirror episode <laughs> of them murdering people. Yes, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a lot closer to that than fucking them. Yeah. I mean, I'd fap to the porn parody of that, but. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're close. I don't know if I'll see it fully in my lifetime. I mean, we're already selling our artificial intelligent heads right now, but at the end of the day, the real problem is is safety. You know, are there motors and actuators and servos that can do everything that we want them to do? Maybe. I just want a, ro- a female sex doll that as soon as the guy yells, I'm going to come, the pussy clamps down. Like if that's an AI <laughs> module you can put in, like I like a smart pussy. Pussy yeah. 2.0. <laughs> well, well, we have that. We have the Sensex insert. It doesn't clamp down, but it does have sensors in it. Uh, oh, my God. Dynamic touch sensors that basically, the way it's going to work shortly is that it will be able to tell the depth that you're thrusting, the speed at which you're thrusting, and it'll be able to work together with our, I guess you would call it like orgasm modulator system that's in the app so that it can actually be like a teaching tool. It could also be a gaming system. So you could be like, try to get so many thrusts before she comes. You're gamifying you can... sex. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh my God, a Fitbit for your <laughs> Yeah, essentially. 
Yeah. Oh my lord. This is a genius. Why are we not funding this? If it could cook, I'd be obsolete. Hey, you know, not just you. We here, can it make a sandwich? Can it take out the trash? The whole nine yards. It's like, well, no. Well, if it could take out the trash, it might make my husband obsolete. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but make it take out the trash. That would be helpful to both me and my husband. It could be our our, our sex doll together. There you go. It would probably take both of you. I mean, when people say, hey, can you make this? I always say, yeah, it'll be about $15 million. Let's go. <laughs> when I have $15 million just kicking around, a sex doll that will pleasure me and my husband together. Whew, I am on it. <laughs> is, the, is the pleasuring the taking out the trash? Is that what yes. that is? Okay. I live on the third floor. I'm just saying. <laughs> if it can do construction projects too. The mouth also doubles as a drill. Oh. Train it to lay flooring. Oh, baby. But it's got to have the plumber ass, right? With the pants slightly oh. hang down on the backside. <laughs> I'm, I'm wet. <laughs> oh so God. I have to ask. Okay. So you mentioned the vagina and, you know, some of the features. So do they pop out for easy cleaning? Yes, both the mouth and the vagina are removable. Are they dishwasher safe? I was just going to say, and they are dishwasher safe, yes. Well, okay, let me edit that a little bit by saying that the normal ones are, I don't know that I would send our Sensex ones with the sensors and all that in your dishwasher, but otherwise, yes, the other ones totally are safe for dishwashing. That's great to know. Talks that are dishwasher compatible. Man, that's going to cut into our fuck wipes market. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people like don't think about the cleaning process of a doll. I mean, it's hefty. I mean, some of our dolls come in at about 110 pounds all told and having to, you know, put those. I mean, it's one thing. It's like if you're going to lift, say, like 110 pounds at the gym or something, that's one thing. But then to have it be this like amorphous, slightly loose, wiggly, human-shaped dead weight thing. It takes some getting used to. I mean, we've had one customer who's just trying to move his doll across the room from like a couch to a bed, tripped and fell. The doll fell on him and broke his ribs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So is that homeowner's insurance covers that? Or like, which, how do you, I, how do you explain that to the paramedics? Like that? Has, I think it's a, I fell down the stairs situation or ran into a door. <laughs> like one of those terrible things. Obamacare still covers it. <laughs> I just want to imagine that he told the truth to the nurses at the hospital and they just because he's like, fuck it, I don't care who knows. And they went home going, what did I just hear? Actually, I think he called his son. If memory serves me from the story you told me, his son knew that he was a doll owner and he called his son over to give him a hand, but he had to wait until his son got there to help him out. So, Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds, oh, I, I, yeah. I've broken a rib before. It's uncomfortable. And that sounds, can you just being trapped under your own sexual deviancy <laughs> with a broken bone? Whew. You know, I think we found a new uh, use for those necklaces grandmothers wear for, you know, th there's a, a whole ad campaign oh, that we sure. had, like, I feel like in the tens and nineties of I've fallen and I can't get up. I fell under my sex doll and I can't get up. Well, with all the tech stuff that we're going to be putting inside the, the dolls eventually, we're already working on vision. We have one prototype camera eye already in place that'll have facial recognition and spatial recognition. We're hoping that eventually these will be popular enough with individuals that we can start signing up with other companies, be it like even Nest security systems for your homes, so nice. that your doll could actually technically be another form of security for your house in the event that something happened. Really, when it comes to 
beautiful robots. It's pretty limitless with the ideas. I mean, you could have them be customer service robots and things like that at checkout counters, baristas, the whole nine yards. Interestingly enough, I actually, this was a big reason that uh, I'm sure you guys have been drowned in politics like the rest of us. But uh, the whole idea of universal basic income was brought up to me actually like several years ago by a few also tech savvy investor types who were talking about their plans and what they wanted to do as far as replacement of workers at stores and and uh, be at fast food joints, you know, the jobs that like everyone's working, retail, things along those lines. They've already automated a lot of them out of commission in Japan. Yeah, exactly. And so with working with these people, and and don't get me wrong, these are really brilliant, just genuinely intelligent individuals and companies. But when you really see how close we are to that, like it's not going to take a super realistic robot to take that place. You know, it does. That's in our lifetimes. We will see that we will see some total recall, like Johnny cab bullshit going on by the time we leave this planet for sure. I remember going to Japan a few years back, and I didn't go to... uh, There is a hotel that is completely filled with robots, uh, everything from check-in concierge. Like, you have a velociraptor checking you in. (laughs) I saw saw some videos of that, yeah. Yeah. You have a robot in your bedroom. I wasn't able to go to that. I went to a very cheap robot show. Don't go to it. It is the worst robot show you will ever see in your life. A robot show? Yeah. What are the robots doing in the robot show? That's well, my question. Well, they're definitely not fucking robots. <laughs> that makes it not the best robot show for sure. But one thing that you know you did touch upon is you know this being potentially additional security in a home. And you know I just think to myself, I mean, once you get to the point where the technology is cheap enough, where it's just easy to pre-install this type of software into sex dolls, I mean, it's guaranteed. If you just get a knockoff from China, it comes with spyware. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. No. That's that's definitely it. I mean, we've been we've been approached by companies, retail stores and the owners of retail stores to put these things in there to help track customer purchases and, you know, what are customers asking about and all that. Our our system set up right now is not at all for that. We're definitely focusing on well, with the AI, we're focusing on companionship, which as you can imagine is a very difficult thing to actually do. The sex part, you know, to be honest, sex isn't rocket science. <laughs> like it's it's really not like so many people are like, do you have people testing these things? I'm like, dude, people, there's dudes out there fucking loaves of breads in their couch. Okay, like <laughs> I mean, like it's not rocket science. You know? If you have fucked a loaf of bread, email us info two girls one Why do you think everyone's making sourdough? Yeah, exactly. The yeastiness <laughs> is comforting and and familiar. But the AI is really focused on companionship right now. We're not doing a lot of I don't want to say we're not like recording data. We are trying to just, it's tons of input and creative writing and things like that that go into it, especially when you get to pick all the different personality traits and how those play into how your doll will respond. We're not really aiming for that market. We're trying to get to the people that the only thing outside of sex dolls that we're, we're really trying to get into, I would say, is more of the medical field for individuals who are suffering from Alzheimer's and, and things like that, just so that we can help out better that way. We're not really trying to, we're not trying to gather people's information, you know, it's not 
one of our motives at this point. <laughs> that's, that's appreciated. Have you considered, uh, especially now in a time where people are social distancing, and I'm sure you know exactly where I'm yep. going with this, which is there was actually one restaurant in, I want to say, South Carolina that put up blow-up dolls in the seats so people could maintain social distancing but feel as if you know, they're surrounded by individuals. Look, all I'm saying is the pieces that you guys were going to chuck anyway, have you considered <laughs> just like wholesaling them? Well, you know, it's interesting. We, when this whole thing happened, we shut down for like two weeks. I was coming in and out. We had a few of uh, the higher ups kind of coming in and out just to make sure everything was okay. We, sh But we shut down totally for two weeks and then we kind of came back in multiple shifts and started having some people work from home and, and uh, things along those lines. But ultimately when all this started, we really didn't know how this was going to go for us. We're a small company. Like I said, about, you know, 20 employees. But then pretty much as soon as coronavirus hit and people were locked in, like we, our sales skyrocketed and haven't stopped. People want companionship and they can't go out and date. Yes, I know. I mean, I or, think we're, or we're about to. Or far fewer of them are going out and dating. We're about to give Tinder a run for their money for sure. Oh, man. You're about to give STD clinics a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> That's Well, yeah. I mean, if, if they're out fucking dolls, I mean, I guess there's, you know, let's narrow coronavirus down and all the STDs along with it. You will single-handedly or single-dickedly kill uh, methicillin-resistant gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hero and a scholar, sir. <laughs> and what's fascinating is you know there's going to be people who, when they first get their doll, they're going to be like, no, I want to treat it like a human. I am pulling out. Yeah. Which might be better for cleaning, really. Right? Because you got to get in there and clean that pussy when you are done. Yeah. Well, like uh, I mentioned, no, you just pull the pussy out, throw it in the dishwasher. You're oh good to go. <laughs> removable pussy. I'm just saying that would be convenient for real life, too, if you could just take it off, put it on the shelf. Truth. It's out of order today, honey. It's just not functioning right. <laughs> like the detachable penis theory. All right. So we've talked about the easy part, which is cleaning the pussy. But we need to talk about the hard part, which is, look, when you first get your doll, it looks fantastic. But two weeks later, you got to learn how to do its hair. Yep. That's for sure real. Matter of fact, I've talked to so many of our customers over the years, and there's like this kind of like short-lived buyer's remorse after they get their doll. Like Aww. I don't know if you've I don't know if you guys ever have heard a guy talk about like how after like they, you know, they come and they blow their load, they actually have like a regret or like a disgusting feeling afterwards. Have you guys ever heard about this or the, understand the concept? Yeah. I made a joke on the podcast before that there's porn that I felt guilty about how hard it made me come. Right. And yeah. it's I think that they're experiencing a similar mental quirk. Exactly. So you figure you're, you've spent all this money, you've waited six months, this doll arrives, you barely get it out of the box before you've just like fucking blown your load and have to deal with the mess and all that. And it's like, oh shit, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, like, like kind of like, oh my God, this is like a thing that I have now, you know, just getting rid of it isn't always the easiest thing to do, but you know, I have this thing in my house, you know. I spent five grand for that blown yeah. load. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's very short. It's like a, a probably less than 24 hours of that regret until you want to, you know, do it again. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, this is a practical solution. Okay. So this is my thing now. And you learn how to clean it and you, you start buying wigs for it. Most of our customers that are hardcore customers have entire rooms and, and areas dedicated to their doll or doll collection. Dresser drawers full of lingerie. One guy has a, a mounted system in his house that goes down the, the hallways and stuff to the ceiling. So he can literally just like on a, a pulley system, move her around the house easily and, and things oh like God. that. Oh my God. 
That's incredible. Yeah. If you, sir, with a pulley system are listening to this episode right now, email us <laughs> and vote to Girls One Mike. We, we just, we want stories. We want to be a part of your world. Now, you said some people have a, a collection mm. that you know of from your company. What's the most anyone has ordered? The guy I've actually referenced a few times, he's actually our brand ambassador. He was a customer who's local and has, has over the years, probably over the last like 10 years, has purchased... God, it's got to be close to 30 or 40 dolls at this point. I was expecting you to say maybe a dozen. So this is just... No, no. But, wow. But, but you remember those communities I was talking about? to a cause. This guy is... Well, one, he's someone who takes care of his stuff. Like, you know those people. They did, like Their car's always immaculate. Like, everything. Their house is always just super clean. feel guilty about how dirty my house is right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... A real doll can last 10 plus years and the used market for real dolls is huge. So while I say that he's got, he's purchased 30 or 40 dolls, that doesn't mean that he has 30 or 40 dolls. He has maybe five, I would say at any given time. He has purchased brand new and then sold, I would say 30, 40 dolls or so. A question for if you hypothetically have a used doll or if let's say you have an accident with your doll. So say let's the vagina melts in a dishwasher mm-hmm. or you, or I don't know, you leave it on the stove. It happens. Um, can you replace individual parts of a real doll if you break it? Well, the good news is a vagina or any of our products will never melt because they're not made from TPE. They're made from platinum silicone, which can withstand something about 500 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're, you're really good there. But if something were to happen to your item in some fashion or another, you can purchase like the vaginas. We offer 13, 14, I think it might even be 16 different vagina types right now. And so you can order as many of those inserts as you want. They all fit the same way inside the dolls. You could basically order the doll with interchangeable vaginas. Yes. Just, yep. just because you feel like variety. Well, that's how the dicks work on the male dolls too. We have six different dick options that you can plug and play essentially. I have so, so many questions because we because <laughs> most of the time we think of the dolls as women. Right. So do these penises thrust? Like, uh, what's, no, oh. no, they don't. They're oh. actually more of our original design. So they don't even have the sill slide tech like the RC twos yet or the the real cocks. They. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, well, yeah, of course there's a chance. In the future. Okay, great. That's all we need to know. I know from what you said about your sex head growing up, you're out for our pleasure too. Get on this. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're working on all of it. The whole thing is, um, for us, is we've really hit this niche market with the feel and the look of the RC2. And now that we're trying to integrate all these other things into it, like designing a realistic foreskin for them, for people that want the uncut style and uh, penis extenders as well that still offer that level of realism and the sill slide technology so that you really couldn't tell. I mean, these are all things that are kind of on on, the... I'm the only one doing it, so I just have to figure this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Can you make one with the micropenis who does a ton of oral sex? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be too difficult. It only cost a couple of thousand dollars. I miss one of my exes, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's funny because we can never make enough different types of penises. I thought that with the variety that we had... Uh, it's uh, three regular dildos and a bunch of different attachments that we had kind of run the gambit, but it's crazy. I mean, we have a customer right now that just spent $10,000 on a custom dildo who's like, oh, I wanted to exactly these specs and blah, 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 blah. And we have customers writing in. Why don't you have smaller ones, bigger ones? Like it's all the time. I thought for sure we'd eventually kind of plateau, be like, all right, we've 
covered everyone, <laughs> but no, they, everyone has an idea. So what you're saying is that no matter what your dick or vagina or your part is, somebody is out there looking for it. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I think one of my favorite custom things we've ever done was a guy sent in pictures of these nipples he wanted. We charge about uh, $500 to $1,000 for custom nipple sculptures. So that means I'm actually sculpting the nipples. I'm not life casting them. And he gave us the dimensions and I didn't know what else to call them. So I call them the yamaka nipples. Okay. Because they were about, they were about this big around the nipple, no. the nipple, the nipple projection was about like that. Okay. So, but it was a narrow nipple. So it was like this huge areola, but with this really long nipple, it was like a nipple penis kind of. And, um, Does it just yeah, cover been, like, is, are these yeah. very large kind of torpedo shaped boobs? He put them on larger boobs, but just because of the design of the boobs, he <laughs> they ended up just being like giant nipple boobs. Oh my ultimately, God. at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but what's funny is like uh, we've given tours to so many different uh, media companies over the years, and people are always asking all these questions about what do customers like, what do customers want, and uh, a couple of things that always surprise people is that they like bigger nipples. Tiny little petite nipples is not on average what the customers want. Yeah. Um, a lot of them will pay anywhere from five hundred up to three thousand dollars for pubic hair to be placed. So non-shaved is not always the best thing. And brunettes are actually more common than blondes. <laughs> like that's you know like just some stereotypes. You know that like okay you got these people spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to build their perfect woman, and it ends up having traits that you would have never really thought would be the traits. I have a theory is because some of the blonde wings, wigs end up looking worse earlier. That's oh, just totally. That's, yeah, yeah. That's been my experience wearing blonde wigs, at least. Well, I've never worn a blonde wig, but I've worked with them. One no day, fun. one day. <laughs> so would you say the yarmulke nipples were probably one of the most interesting requests you've ever had? Or have do you have any other like, oh, well, I never expected to ever make this. I We had actually one uh, fan of the show who asked, what's the max amount of boobs you could fit on a doll? Like, how many rows and, you know, columns of boobs? Have anyone ever, like, asked for four boobs? Um, well, we, we've gotten asked. Um, actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I know you guys are really big into parody porn and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched the Men in Black parody porn? Not yet. Okay, you should watch that. Okay. <laughs> because uh, we, I was here for about a year. I think Asa Akira is in it. Or maybe not Asa Akira, maybe it was Lupe Fuentes. One of them is in it. So it was a Wicked Pictures porn. And because they had been working with us, they said, hey, we're doing this Men in Black porn and we want a third tit for this model. Yes. She's like, she's getting fucked in a cornfield and like a, <laughs> like a crop circle. Okay. <laughs> and they wanted to have like three tits. And so they contacted us and we couldn't just put like one tit in the middle, you know, cause that would have looked weird. So we actually had to create three separate tits. And this was like early when I had first started working here that we did this. I, I wasn't on set or anything, but we, we did finish them off the skin, matched them and sent them out to be worn. And I remember it was like three months later, I was like this porn, I got to see this porn. I want to see those tits, you know, like in action. And I'm watching them like, damn, those look good. Damn, those look good. And all of a sudden the dude just like fucking jizzes all over them. And I was like, my tits. <laughs> like I got, so, like, 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 like I was oh like, God. it was cool. But I was also so like, oh man, those are ruined. <laughs> Did you feel vaguely violated, but a little turned on? Yeah. It was like a little bit of both, but no. That's what cum shots are supposed to do to you. Welcome yeah, to being exactly. a girl. <laughs> uh, but no, I've had, we've had, if you can imagine it, 
we've had it asked uh, to be done to a doll. I want to know if someone's wanted like six tits, like a, like lined up like a cow. Like a cow, yeah, yeah. We've done that. Man. Or not, we've done that. We've gotten that question. We've gotten that question. Like, I want to know how those tits would hang. <laughs> would they hang like a cow's or would they hang like a human's? At that point, that customer would be paying so much money, we'd literally ask for like reference pictures. <laughs> like, we would be like, how do you want this to look, man? <laughs> So sent over a photo of a cow <laughs> that actually, have you ever had ever any non-human requests? Uh, all the time. Years back, we did a avatar doll from the movie avatar, the big, tall blue creature things. Um, not too weird. I think right. it's humanoid. Someone's having fun with that tail. Yeah, exactly. We do a ton of elves and, uh, like elf characters, things like that. People have asked us to do furries but once again, it's one of those things where it's like, literally, we will do whatever you want, but you have to be okay with the price tag. And that's generally where people kind of go downhill. It's just like, you know, a normal starting price is $50,000 for a custom doll. You say you want it to be a furry, and that's going to go up oh, <laughs> quite a bit. So, yeah. That just makes me wonder. It's like if someone asked for a furry with pubic hair, does it stop being fur and start <laughs> being hair? Like, I just, I want... I just want to know the technicalities of how these things work. We have pubic hair patches that you can select. There's like three, small, medium, and large. But if you don't want just those, you you want to like get bigger and have them look even nicer. We do hand-punched pubic hair, which is hair by hair being implanted in the silicone. I'm just picturing someone being uh, horrified when they're like, I donated to Locks of Love and this is where my hair <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the way we did it, because it's such a time-consuming process, was we treated it like a tattoo. And we said that if you want hand-punched pubic hair, it's about $150 a square inch. That makes sense. And then they send out the designs, and that's what we go with. Someone could ask for hair all over the damn body. We've had some crazy hair requests where it was, like, going up their stomach and then all around their butt and, like, stuff like that. And, and we do it, you know, whatever. Does anyone ask for a full werewolf? Yeah, oh, yeah. We get all that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Which is amazing to me because as a woman who, you know, and by the way, men, if you're not familiar with this, we have hair in our ass. We don't like to admit <laughs> it. We shave that shit. There's a reason why Brazilians exist. It is not just to kind of bring off extra hair in the front. No, no, no. It's to get all the stuff in the back. But it's fascinating to me where someone's like, no, nah, I want that. And actually, if the hair fall, if she has long hair, make it fall off and stick in her crack. <laughs> Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Happens to the best of us. There's some honesty to our customers and working here. You get to really see how people look at things, you know, outside of social quote unquote norms. Yeah. It's not just saying I want the gonzo porn. It's here are all the little things in someone's body and on someone's body that turns me on and really gets me there. And like, if you're yeah. spending that much money on something that you're going to have for a long time and you're customizing it, you get all of the customization, all the little details of that in there. And so, you, man, you've heard things, sir. Oh, I've I've heard things. There's, I actually have no problem saying this. We have connections with, <laughs> with uh, the FBI, actually, because we get a lot of people that want children dolls and things along those lines. I have mixed feelings on that, but that's an interesting... Well, I've talked about it with the other owners several times. It's like, if there was this, like... Uh, 
a study done that was unequivocally for sure 100% the answer that said, you know, if if we made child dolls, it would prevent and not open a door to more, but actually prevent any hurt coming to younger children and stuff like that. Like we know for sure this is fact beyond all recognition. It would, would be change doing my a mind. service. Yes, exactly. It would change my mind. But as it stands right now, this, the studies are out on it. We had a researcher actually come in here and interview most of our staff for about a week, asking a lot of questions for a paper that she was writing about sexual deviancy in regards to using dolls to replace or subvert those desires. And, um, at the time, this was only a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of data to support that it would actually stop it. Actually, some data even pointed that it, it could increase those desires. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what's true about it. I think that if somebody, because people kind of are either are born with that predilection or, uh, right. you know, childhood trauma induces this. Uh, and it's like, I think that the people that are going to offend as opposed to have that predilection in their head and kind of keep it uh, locked down. I don't know if there's a way to change that. And I, I don't yeah. know if dolls re- will do it. And I don't know if saying, you know, as a company, you sh- like you have that choice whether or not to do that. And if there's no evidence to say this will help, you already have enough orders. Right. Exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, we don't, for every cool or funny or interesting thing that a customer has asked us to do, we've had plenty of really disturbing ones too. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things you kind of do, I guess, accept it a little bit coming to work here. You got to know that that kind of shit's going to come up. You've been on the the other side of things. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's interesting that you mentioned that there actually is a study that exists that says that it doesn't help it or could even potentially worsen it. I mean, frankly, we have so even little to no data when it comes to pedophilia and and that type of sexual deviancy that, I mean, let's be honest, like no one's going to say, oh yeah, let's divert federal funding to, you know, pedophilia. It's just so taboo to still even research. We really don't know a whole lot about it. So it's unfortunate that we can't curb that, but, you know, it is what it is. So, and it sucks that you guys, you know, have to deal with emails like that, but it's part of the job. Right. Since you said you're working with the FBI, are you uh, basically sending them, hey, this person requested, add them to your whatever you're doing? To Is that kind of how it's? Essentially, we just have a contact that we send emails to uh, with names and stuff like that in the event that that's it. But I mean, I'm guessing those people are already on a list because if they're yeah, email, if they're sending you that email, they're probably already looking at porn that's ah questionable. Exactly. And they're really bad at hiding it. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just one of those things where. Yeah, I mean, we do everything we can to protect, uh, you know, but giving in the, the, like I said, the position that that we're in, especially our salespeople, some of the stuff that they put up with, they're real champs. I know that one of our, our team members, her name's Catherine, she runs our live chat on our website. We started doing this about a year or two ago, and a lot of customers like it because that we don't actually have to talk to anyone. Yeah. They can just kind of, and a lot, it's already a shy circumstance, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to buy a sex doll, blah, and they can just type out their questions. But I mean, she receives something like six dick pics a day through the live oh, chat Jesus. and just like total fucking douchebags out there. We, <laughs> you hey, know, we've only been in touch with the FBI once, and it was because we got a dick pic from a dick. So, <laughs> so the fact that she is getting, uh, it's longer story than that, but our audience has heard it too many times. Uh, but like, I'm just saying the fact that she has to get that many a day, but our, our hats are off, madame. <laughs> 
So yeah, no, it's like, like, like you said, it kind of comes with the territory as you know, we're doing what we're doing. There's things that, that we get to work on that are super exciting, especially getting involved with media circumstances like this and other projects that we've done. We were, um, we did some work for the TV show, Silicon Valley, like last year, the year before. You're going to laugh. This is a, oh, wait, the hoodie that I'm wearing was sent to me by Nat Geo for a, a media packet for writing up a thing on Silicon Valley. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually in a show as an extra for like half a second because nice. they want they wanted us to rip the face off the robot, but it was a really expensive robot. So I'm like, no one's doing it but me. So like my hands and like <laughs> my back of my head are in it, just ripping this face off this robot a dozen times. Nice. But no, we, we get a lot of really cool opportunities that luckily outweigh all the shitty ones. What's been the best media thing that you, one of your dolls has been involved in? Well, what kicked off our popularity as far as the media goes, I would say, was our Vanity Fair article about four or five years ago. That was a really big deal. They came down, and and what's funny is that's how it all started, the whole robot thing. I mean, obviously, robotics and artificial intelligence was the next logical step to real doll, but we weren't really t- undergoing anything. And during the interview, and it was just about real doll, the company at the time and the Vanity Fair article, Matt, the owner and creator was asked something about, you know, well, what are the futures? And, you know, he just kind of off the cuff said something about, oh, well, we're going to make a robot and blah, 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 blah. And then it was like the next day, the New York Times contacted us and like all these people just like kind of that cliche story of just like random fucking shit happening. And all of a sudden, everyone was hitting us up from Wired Magazine to the CES show and all this. And Matt came to me and he's like, oh, fuck, we have to make a robot. And I'm like, oh, God, Jesus, yes, okay. So we started piecing it all together and then it just blew up and we've actually, you know, we're selling them now. So it's, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Much like toaster ovens, do you have to come with a warning of not to put it in a bathtub? I'm actually so happy you asked that question. Um, I don't know how, if you guys are familiar with this, but the sex toy industry at large, unlike the porn industry, is not actually regulated by any government agency. Ah. Okay. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. So as long as it, like literally a sex toy could be made out of uranium. Okay. Like it, as long as it's said for novelty use on clothes. it, you literally can sell it for whatever you want. And I know this because I used to sell sex toys. Now I make them and 98% of the sex toys you might find at like a sex toy shop are actually extremely poisonous. They're either TPE or recycled PVC. So to give our audience a, a quick rundown of what they should look for in a safe sex toy, other than obviously purchasing from you, uh, right. what should they try to avoid? The hard part is a lot of companies do a really good job of hiding this. The best thing would be more to look something to look for instead of all the things not to look for. Something to look for would be something that says silicone. Firstly, platinum silicone. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Platinum silicone specifically. And a lot of companies, because silicone is kind of this like amorphous term that that everyone kind of uses for rubber and even things that are silicone are sometimes called rubber, but they're, they're in fact very different things. There's actually this really great article that's out there about some research that was done, I believe the term, forgive me if I get it wrong, it's called like phthalates that actually exist inside of almost all the plastic things that we have in our household, be it a shower curtain or whatever, but they're really persistent inside different types of sex toys, like it's the recycled PVC and the TPE things. And uh, research shown that rats introduced with the phthalates over, I think, a generation or two children started being born without reproductive organs. Like, like it is proven that these things are poisonous. So if you're not having kids, go ahead and keep using the poisonous dildos. But otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah. Stick to platinum silicone toys. And if your toy is oily, 
Okay. Uh. Don't use it if it is oily. If it has a scent, don't use it if it has a scent. Oh, I have a dildo that's old that I have to throw out just hearing the, <laughs> like, I, I know if oily is the word, but there's a, a almost a sticky feeling to it, no matter what well, the... Sticky's not bad, okay, gotcha. actually. Okay, yeah. Sticky's not so much bad. A lot of toys are sticky. Okay. That's going to kind of inherent with it. But if they're actually leaching an oil, that's something you want to watch gotcha. out for. No, not an oil. Yeah, we actually, if you took like a TPE product and laid it next to one of our platinum silicone thing, we did this once. It was creepy as hell. It actually melts the platinum silicone toy like it just melts through it like a lightsaber through like butter what? like it's crazy um doesn't happen right away it takes a little while but you like a couple of days go by and you'll start to see that it's literally melting through the toy and that's because of all the stuff that's leaching outside of it and a lot oh of these God. are made overseas in china so that's a big part of it as well so we do everything to stick with the best silicones and and, and we're not the only other company there's lots of other companies that you can buy from but sadly Silicone's platinum medical grade silicone's really expensive. So the, the unfair aspect is if you're going to buy a, even your baseline, say silicone dildo, you're going to be spending probably 80 bucks at the cheapest where mm. all these other ones are like, what, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. You can get a shitty poisonous one, <laughs> you know? Would you suggest then people maybe, let's say, opt hypothetically for a metal dildo or a glass one? Yes, absolutely. Even that's a better option. I've seen some really cool, really cool glass ones. I'm sure you guys have yeah. it too. And uh, yeah, the glass ones or metal ones are much better than that. And a lot of companies, it's funny because just like food, you know, what we intake into our bodies has become such a prevalent thing in society and our culture over the last, say, five to 10 years, especially in California. It's huge now. Organic this, organic that, no GMOs, blah, 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 blah. Although GMOs are totally safe. Your co-host <laughs> yeah, yeah. will so, argue to death on that, but continue, continue, continue. But, I've written many an article on this, sir. Just right. letting you know. Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying like that whole, the whole concept of what we're putting in our bodies, yeah. we push now, at least a, a, I individually in our company are really pushing people to understand that there's other yeah. things you're putting into your body that aren't just food. And you need to remember that. Especially when you're putting something into tissues that are, well, seem at least a little bit more porous. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, totally. I know that we discussed this very briefly when we had Sunny Megatron on a couple episodes back about, you know, the dangers of buying counterfeit sex toys from China, which, I mean, frankly, it's the biggest business out of all counterfeit goods. Uh, right. When I used to work in counterfeiting, it, it was hands down sex toys. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you right now, just don't buy ever sex toys off Amazon. If you're going to buy a sex toy, buy directly from a manufacturer. But it's really unfortunate to hear that even the stuff that maybe you're picking up from, let's say a target or maybe directly from a smaller or growing brand, which, you know, it's affordable, yeah. is not necessarily the best product, you know, as far as quality wise. And, and that's, I wish there was a set of standards or rules. It's really disappointing to hear that there's absolutely no regulation because obviously I already know the dangers and I, I hope that, you know, we can continue teaching and educating our audience on A, at least try buying direct from a manufacturer, but now even hearing that there's little to no standards, they just don't exist, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. There are regulations on tampons. The other thing that we have to shove up there occasionally, even though they're obviously used for very different purposes, you're putting this into your body. There should be some regulations on materials, on safety testing, on packaging. Um, and I'm surprised that no one has said, 
we should do this yet. I like I get I get it. The FDA and the CDC and all those people, they're a little busy right now. But, you know, right. maybe when we're out of this hellscape, they can be like, we could take up a side project now. But I mean, it's just so amazing to me because down to even I mean, I make crayons for a living. When I have I have to create a new batch, I have to send stuff for lab testing. So the fact that you're telling me that the plastic that might go inside my body is not being tested at all is just yeah. mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, the companies are kind of held to their own standards. And so I, I don't I, like, there are great companies out there. It's not, and I'm not just saying us, like we take pride in it, but there are other companies that are doing good, yeah. <laughs> you know, that they're doing good yes. things. And that's a big difference between us and a lot of companies too, is, you know, it's more of a passion for us where it's not just the bottom line. Sure. We make money and who doesn't like to make money, but there's a lot more to it for the employees of our company and, and the leadership here. I think that it is, it's the embarrassment the government or any like social group would have to go after regulating this kind of thing. I mean, you consider the fact that a lot of things just got deregulated uh. <laughs> in, in, in the industry um, uh. in general. Uh, it's even more to say, okay, hey, we want to spend, you know, kind of going back to like the pedophile thing, like, hey, let's spend tax dollar money to research sex toy companies. You yeah. know, even though we all have them, like everyone, I don't care who the fuck you are. Every time it's like, I've never heard a real doll. I'm like, uh -huh. yeah, sure. You've never heard a real doll. Like we're everywhere. <laughs> you know, you're one of a handful of companies who, if I've mentioned you, people know it. You're in family guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just, I think it's embarrassment, still shyness. I'm happy to see that there obviously has been to some extent more of a sexual revolution and people are opening up more about things, but it's still really closed down out there, and I don't see any kind of regulation rolling its way towards the sex industry for quite some time, other than I know that they did the condom thing in L.A. for porn and stuff like that. And that did but, not. That didn't yeah. stick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah, that just did the opposite effect. That drove everyone to Vegas to work. <laughs> People are like, True. I can go film in the Valley instead. <laughs> porn yeah. kind of self-regulated at least to a point i mean people are people get tested once a week and i think it's part of the reason why a lot of people in porn date other people in porn because they know they were tested this week well and i think that's a lot of it is just holding the customers holding the companies uh, accountable for their actions i don't think that the, the buyers out there really know how much power they have so what i'm hearing is next time i go for a lobby day in washington i clearly need to just organize all of our listeners figure out which states they're from and have like a handful each go to their representatives and sit down and discuss the dangers of counterfeit sex toys. Yes. So, so our Texan listeners, I want you all to go to Ted Cruz's office. <laughs> <laughs> we already know there's a limit to how many dildos you can own, which is frankly very un-American. Very un-American. That is against our Second Amendment right to bear arms, dicks, and other parts. That's awesome. I just want you all to rain down a hail of dicks upon Ted Cruz's office in a non-threatening manner, of course. <laughs> Look, they said I could house a militia. They didn't say where. I'm hosting it in my vagina. <laughs> Is that quartering the troops? <laughs> <laughs> it's at least supporting the troops, I guess. With your consent, it's not a violation of the Third Amendment. Oh, man. This has got off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so first off, we actually have uh, some fantastic patrons who do support the show to thank. And this week, we want to thank Big Pharma, Brent, Wendy, Cornwall, Rick, 
Elisa, Damian Saunders, Connor Cunningham, Barry Lynn, Howard Lee, Rowdy, Rich Wendling, Kyle Washington, Jimmy Lee, Kelly Frazier, Bonnie, Joshua Rice, and many, many others. By the way, if you want to become a patron yourself, head on over to twogirlswithmike.com or patreon.com slash twogirlswithmike and just hit the support button. You know, everything from a dollar to, heck, five bucks gets you additional uh, content from us, additional episodes never before heard, as well as video content of this episode you can watch uh, and see all of the fantastic toys that Michael has behind him. There are some nice tits in the background. <laughs> Come for the night. It's better than what Alice and I are showing because we're, we're covered up. That's, <laughs> we're, we're part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, long-time, <laughs> long-time members, loud and proud. So... Michael, uh, where can our listeners find you, find the real dolls, if they don't already know? So you can find the, the actual website company at www.realdoll.com. You can find us on Twitter at, uh, at Abyss Creations or me at Michael86Wilson. We're all over Instagram and Facebook uh, as well. So, you know, that hit us up. We're constantly posting cool new stuff as long as we don't get kicked off. Oh, and Facebook and Twitter will come for us eventually. Uh, we feel you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram or, uh, and over at facebook.com slash Cybabe uh, where I'm always sciencey and snarky. And Alice, where can people find you and are all of the podcast things? Guys, you can find all of the podcast things at TGOM Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you could find me, Alice, uh, over at Twitter at Rational Blonde. You could try on Instagram, but I haven't posted in months because I don't fucking like Instagram. It's <laughs> all pretty pictures and I'm not interested in that. So, <laughs> But you could also uh, leave us a review on iTunes or however you listen. And of course, the most important part, aside from becoming a patron, is telling all of your friends, not only about Real Doll and this episode, but to listen to us and subscribe. Tell all your friends who watch porn. So tell all your friends. All the friends. All the friends. <laughs> Even your enemies. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. And thank you for joining us, Michael. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.